0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Arid Out Podcast. I'm your host Ryan the Goose Gosker here with you as always. And if you keep a track at home, this is episode 71 already. 71 can't do it without you guys at home. Everybody listening in, I appreciate it. Picked up some new listeners at Wesleyan Homecoming this past weekend, uh, so that'll be fun. That's always a, always a blast to get back and see some of my former teammates and uh, former friends from campus. So. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. If this is your first time listening, or if this is your 71st time listening, we appreciate it. 71. I'm going to go with the best left tackle currently in the game of football. That would be Trent Williams, currently of the San Francisco 49ers, and was formerly of the Washington Redskins, who let him go for Lord knows whatever reason. But Dan Snyder is in a different orbit than the rest of human beings, and potentially even the aliens. So, I'll bring in uh, today in the studio, we got my co-host, on Bayoko. Jolan, what's up, brother?
1: I'm here, and I'm ready with the actual best left tackle in football. I'm going Jason Peters, obviously a Philadelphia Eagle for all those years, 08 to 2020, I believe. Spent last season with the Bears. Uh,
0: this season, he's with the Dallas Cowboys. Super Bowl 52 champion, Jason Peters. A platoon guy at this point in his career, and... He's done a great job. He was the best left tackle in football. And we were talking about that, On kind of before the show of this generation of left tackle, those two. Uh, you got a guy like Joe Thomas who retired a few years ago. It is just, it's a marvel to watch, man. And now you're seeing, you know, is a guy like Andrew Thomas on the rise to maybe take that throne one day uh, when Trent Williams retires in about what feels like 12 years. Uh, the guy looks like he's got a lot left in the tank. So, uh, But, on it's good to be back. We were off for a week or two. And uh, now we're back in the studio. We're ready to roll.
1: And we have some new World Series champions as we return to the studio this week. The Astros and Mattress Mac have won a ton of money and a ton of championships over the past couple of years. The Astros win their second. What do you think about this? Are the Astros here to stay? Is their window wide open? Did they just open it?
0: I think it it could just be opening. I I think this team, I believe, I was looking at the stat the other day, they're current, so I believe they have six or seven free agents. They are currently sixty-three million dollars under the next tax threshold. They're not close to the three hundred tax threshold, but they're sixty-three million under the next one. They've got plenty of money to go out and spend, bring back a guy like Verlander, a guy like Yuli Gurriel. Like they, they can do a lot with this team. And Johan, when you look back on the trade for Jordan Alvarez, they basically traded him for a bag of, uh, you know, a bag of uh, sunflower seeds, chips, and sauce. Yeah, there you go. Hopefully, the good kind at least, but. You know, I think this team's here to stay. I really do. I, I really like them. I don't know how long Dusty Baker's going to be around. Uh, But shout out to him, On He wins his first World Series. Dusty's gets over the hump. Dusty's yeah, awesome. Dusty's a good guy. And I think, you know, that's it takes some of the hate away, I think, from every other fan base. It's like, hey, at least, like, it's Dusty who won, and he's a good guy. And as
1: famous as Dusty's been over the past couple of years, no moment in Dusty's career is going to be more famous than his last moment. On the last out of the World Series, instead of watching his outfielder catch the ball in foul territory, he marked his scorecard. So That's just a guy Dusty Classic is, right? as classic does. Dusty pulling off the classic move.
0: Yeah, Dusty is. And, uh, Joel, listen, we talked about this. The Phillies, the last three times they'd won the World Series, there's a huge economic crisis So, for all of the economy, America's back. we really needed Houston to win. uh, And they did. They took care of business. And, Jolani, it was dicey there for a little while. I think after game three, the Phillies hit five home runs. That place really explodes. It looked like the asylum we all kind of thought it would be. And then they come back and they get no hit the next night. And that just kind of felt like the turning point. It really did.
1: It was dead silent in that stadium. It was almost embarrassing. But Schwarber, the next game, obviously game five, I believe, leads off the game with a home run. So they got out of that. He's funk. ridiculous, dude. I mean, he's a bat when you need a bat, and there's nothing better to say about a baseball player like Schwarber than that. I mean, he got guys as clutch as
0: it comes, forty-five home runs out of the leadoff spot. I mean, yeah. It's just How ridiculous. ridiculous is that? That guy should be a Met.
1: But uh, speaking of Mets, Buck Showalter now is up for NL Manager of the Year. He goes against two contestants, I believe, and the Dodgers manager and the Atlanta Braves manager.
0: Uh yeah I believe, yeah, I believe it's the Atlanta manager, but I know Dave Roberts is definitely one of them,
1: regardless Buck hundred one wins this is what you get, you get your nominations, and uh let's see what he does with it.
0: He should win it he mm-hmm. should like let's be honest about that he, the Dodgers are the Dodgers like i'm not gonna I'm not giving them an award for being consistent at this point. There's other awards for that, typically the World Series, but they gotta get there first.
1: Another note for the Mets, Diaz is now extended. I believe it's a five-year, $100 million contract.
0: two million million. For yep. the extra
1: $2 million, that's obviously important in yep. the, the hindsight. <laughs> but, yeah, five years, they lock up his guy. What excites me about this is the Mets get him before free agency officially starts. What are your thoughts on it? Oh,
0: it's another thing, too, Joel, that we're seeing in the Steve Cullen era. First of all, money doesn't matter. Um, I think on this open market, they were talking about uh, he was worth probably five years, $85 million. So, you know, Steve Cohen taxed on an extra $15 which is like, you know, four pennies to him. But it's also Joe and they're taking care of their guy, right? What did Edwin Diaz do? He bounced back from what, I mean, in 2019, that guy was as beaten down a New York star as Gallo was when he left from the Yankees. Like, he was beaten to a pulp by the, and rightfully so. Like, he stunk. Um, But he, credit to him, he turned it around. He He had one of the best seasons by a reliever we've ever seen. And Steve Cohen said, you know what, this is what we do now in this regime is we're going to reward you, we're going to pay you, and we're going to tack a little on top too to make sure you're extra happy. With
1: that being said now, the whole question about Jacob deGrom now arrives. If money's not the issue, it might be years. What's going on here in this talk?
0: I think, Joe, I've said this from the beginning, uh, the only way Jacob deGrom should not be in a Met uniform next year is if he flat out comes out and says, I don't want to play in New York anymore. If he, he to
1: the Yankees. If, no, if
0: he wants to play in New York, I don't foresee Steve Cohen and the gang getting outbid. I really I just don't see it and I know they're talking about years. You give him 5, maybe 6. A lot of people are leaning towards 4. Again, at this point, Joel, we talked about it. The Mets have lost pitchers like Nolan Ryan. They've lost they they I believe they traded away or let go of Tom Seaver. Like you, you can't do it again. Right? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, can't put the blame on you. And it's
1: almost comical because Nolan Ryan, obviously, from his dominant reign right into Tom Seaver, his dominant reign, and then the Mets, Jacob DeGrom in his dominant reign. It's almost like you have to keep him to avoid that big mistake.
0: And, and Johan, you don't want him going anywhere close. Right? If he's going to go to Texas and he wants to pitch in Texas, like, be my guest. You know, they say everything's bigger in Texas and all this other hoopla. But if he doesn't come back and he goes to a team like the Braves... It, it's only going to get worse. It, I guarantee the guy throws his first career no-hitter the minute he would leave to Atlanta. It, 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 John, that would be the easiest bet in the history of baseball. So you can't watch him leave the door. I, but we heard Mark Canna this week said he loves playing in New York. He wants to stay in New York. Um, I put a lot of weight into that because that's his teammate. I know, you know, but can you know, you're going to say, well, Canna, he's not going to come out and say Jacob doesn't want to be here. But he's also going to say nothing if that's the case. I think him coming out and saying that, Jolan, I I put a lot of weight to what the guys who spend every day with him think a little bit more than some of these reporters that are just doing, you know, their normal daily work.
1: So let's go like year in wrap-up, expectations versus reality. What were your expectations before the year for this Mets team? What was the reality of it, and did they meet them?
0: Yeah, I thought when, you know, when you signed Scherzer and, you know, again, we – we found out that Escobar, Canna, and Marte were massive additions. Um, I, and you get Scherzer to go with the Grom coming out of the lockout. You know, you th- you kind of I, – I saw postseason. I, I didn't see, you know, wild card, you know, balloon deflation. But, you know, I thought this team would get to the postseason. And now, Jolan, again, like we talked about how many free agents they have. They have the most, I believe, in Major League Baseball currently at 11 which is an absurd amount, but... Some guys will walk. It's just the nature of the some business. Some guys will walk. Listen, if they sign Jacob DeGrom or they sign a guy like Trey Turner, Brandon Nemo's not coming back to this team. Um, you know he's going to be expensive. Teams are going to try to outbid the Mets for him. And that's not a situation, Jalen, where the Mets are going to outbid. It's more of like... Do we want to even spend? Right. Like the Rockies, they had a Rockies deal that was five years, 115 mil, I believe, for Nimmo. that was flirted around out there. If they're going to pay him $24 million, I'm sorry. Like, he's he's... Go ahead. Like, the Mets aren't going to do that.
1: And that's the case for most players. You want the best deal for them and their families. But at a certain cost, it's almost like, all right, when are you going to turn down the money and, and the, come back? And, and,
0: and the rumor on the DeGrom is that the Mets are going to set the market high and really kind of get to their number and maybe a little bit above, and they're not going to get into a bidding war necessarily, and they're not getting into a long-haul free agent chase for him.
1: And that's the, that's the downside. We expect these guys, like, when will you eventually turn down the money and just stay yeah. around? They will never. It's all about yeah. the paycheck. They're looking out for them and themselves. And it's a business at the end of the day.
0: And rightfully so. These organizations do some sketchy stuff to them as well. That You know, um, but in these sports, we're fully guaranteed contracts, 100%. You go, you know, money talks, money walks. And I think that's the reality of the situation, on. And we're going to see the Mets. The Mets are going to make a lot of moves. Like, I, you know, I... Are, are they going to get Aaron Judge, Trey Turner, Justin Verlander, Carlos Rodon, Jacob DeGrasse, all They've in succession? They've been flirting
1: with an Otani trade, maybe.
0: And Otani like They're not going to get all those guys together, but they're going to make a lot of moves. Um, I think Otani is a very interesting case. I know the Angels said they're not going to trade him this offseason. They are going to trade him by the deadline, because by the deadline we know the Angels will be in last place, frustrated. Mike Trout will be on the DL. Otani will have pitched his ninth game in a row and uh, of pure dominance. And he's not going to sign with them after. the. That's what his one-year deal told me, Jolan, was I'm not signing a long-term extension here.
1: The problem with California, Los Angeles specifically, is there's so much to do over there. There's so many teams in all sports. There's so much activity. There's so much nightlife. You have to draw in fans. And Otani on a one-year yep. deal does just that. Gets enough people in the seats to where you can re-navigate later on in the future.
0: But the business end of it is, you can't lose him for nothing.
1: Yeah, of your course. fan base
0: may never forgive you for something like that. Like that is, that is a cardinal sin mistake. And we know Billy Epler was one of the leading guys in helping get Otani to the Angels. I would imagine he could be the guy that helps bring him to New York. I mean, it's going to be interesting.
1: But speaking of New York, from Queens, we'll go over to the Bronx. Oh, boy. A lot of talk about the Yankees this week in particular. Aaron Boone, Brian Cashman. Let's start with Aaron Boone. Do you think he did a good job this season? Do you think he has that type of swagger and character to take this team to the next level?
0: I don't. I think he's a talking head that that kind of just knows how to deal with the New York media a little bit better than just about anybody else they could find. Um, and I think he leans on the analytics too much. I think that's the one big thing that we've heard. But I again, like, I don't know. I don't know who you're gonna f- find that can deal with the media better than Aaron Boone right now. And again, we know that once Boone was told he was coming back, Cashman has to come back because GMs and managers are married together. So that's a commandment. You're, yeah, you're not gonna bring in a new GM and be like, hey, by the way, a stipulation to your hiring is you have to have Aaron Boone as your manager. So. Uh, they'll be back, but Joe Line, it if Hal Steinbrunner does not start spending more money, this team will not get to where it needs to be.
1: The critics could say they've already spent enough money. They've already they spent a lot of in ex, baseball. They've spent, exactly, plenty of money. They've just signed the wrong people.
0: But yeah, it's dead money, right? Yeah. Josh Donaldson and, you know, Aaron Hicks, those are dead contracts. Giancarlo's been great, but his even his contract is. It's disproportionate. You How know, to the rest he of is, the, the years. Yeah, and now you're g you're gonna bring back Judge on a you know, seven year, three hundred million dollar contract. Pay
1: until he's forty five, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, so you, so you gotta clean the books. A so bit, if it's yeah, not
1: the payroll, do you blame Brian Cashman? Is he should he be on the hot seat? Should he be fired?
0: Listen, I like
1: twenty years experience, I, one chip. Right. They've been to what now? Three ALCSs in the past six years. They've got lost them all. I think so, yeah. And it's been a it's been an outpour of poor performance. But you listen to him on the talking stand. He's talking about progress and your plan and how you do things and how you get them done.
0: Is this concerning? Well, the, Joel, and they're caught right now because they yes are they top five payroll in baseball? Yes. Do they have to spend more money? Yes. Do they need to develop better? Yes. But that's you, number one. But you have to be you have to be on one end or the other, right? If you're not going to spend max amount of money, you have to be good at developing players. Astros. And if you're not good at developing players, you better spend a lot of money to try and buy those chips like they did in 2009. And they, you know, they bought a lot of guys and spent a lot of money in order to win a championship. The problem is the Yankees are caught in the middle, and that's the one spot in sports you don't ever want to be is in the middle.
1: So if we're getting... Um, greedy with the money now Hal Steinbrenner is protecting his cash flow He's making it enough to be happy about the situation What do you do about the Aaron Judge Situation looming over you? They're going to have to sign him It's a dark cloud but do you give him the 9 years? Do you give him the 100 plus million he's looking for? What do you do here?
0: They are going to have to give him whatever, he, he, whatever it is that he's looking for If that's a 9 year deal with an opt out after 6 Whatever that may be They're going to have to turn around and give him Whatever he wants Because I'm telling you this fan base will explode if 99 is not in pinstripes next year.
1: So let's talk about reasonable baseball fans. I'm not talking about the sure. Yankees diehards that expect championship or nothing. I'm talking about the Yankees fans that are all right with 99 wins. Right. They see they're in an all right situation, but mm-hmm. it can be way better. And they're just not happy about the overall front yep. office and their performance. So they're going with this things. Judge is now paid max dollar. Do you give him max dollar? Or do you let him pack it up and develop these guys from the ground up, like a successful franchise would do.
0: No, I think you take care of him because he is your one guy that you Oof. have grown. You got you got guys coming up, but you could save a bunch of money. But he's the guy you develop.
1: As a realistic baseball fan, though,
0: he is. Right. He is the one guy in that organization. You can truly look me in the eye and say they built him through the farm system. They need to show those guys that, yeah, when you when you succeed, now they don't have to succeed to the tune of sixty-two or sixty-three home runs. But when you play well, you are going to get rewarded as one of our homegrown guys. You're right. Like guys like Volpe have to come up next year. Like I'm tired of hearing. Eventually,
1: you're going to have to stop spending this cash and just work something up from the ground. Well,
0: eventually, Giancarlo's contract will come off. Donaldson's done after next year. Uh, if they keep him around, they could. Twenty-three just, million he's due. They could just eat his money and let him go. Hicks has got a seven-year deal. Uh, it's not a new seven-year deal. I know he's a couple years into it. They'd have to eat money to let him go. You know, they may have to. You know, I mean, Cohen did it with Robbie Cano. He got to a point where you just said, this guy's not an asset. It's actually more of an asset to pay him to not be here than it is to pay him to be here.
1: More of a detriment to the team.
0: Right. So I I think, Joe, it is important for the Yankees to show these guys, like, hey, even if you're a homegrown guy, we're going to take care of you. And Judge is the one guy that Cashman's been able to hang his hat on, saying we've developed him. Um, but they you, they do need more I wholeheartedly agree it can't just be one you had the, the uh, what were they they were they were the baby bombers or something like that
1: 2017
0: yeah it was him uh Hicks. Torres Hicks uh or Sanchez Sanchez like all those guys just a ton of
1: mistakes if you ask me
0: dude I don't know listen I get Gary Sanchez as the greatest baseball player you cannot convince me that he was so bad the Yankees had to take on 50 million dollars in other contracts. To just get him off the team, I can't buy that. I really don't. I, 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 you know, that's more
1: PR team. I guess that's more fans blowing up his spot. That's yeah. yeah that's more like,
0: but yeah. yeah, I think they. I think they need, even as a reasonable baseball play, fan, I think they need to pay Aaron Judge and show and pay homage to the guys that get built through this farm system because there's not many of them.
1: If you ask me, if I'm a Yankee fan, I'm in pitchforks. I want Judge gone. I want Boone gone. I want Cashman gone. Well, who's coming in? I want Volpe up. They got a couple guys coming. It's great. Up. He
0: plays shortstop, not right field.
1: You could you could spend money elsewhere, but if you keep putting out the same product year in and year out and getting eliminated in the divisional round, it's insanity. That's literally the well, definition yeah. of it.
0: But I think you I think you sign Judge. You will li- you tell you tell Donaldson and Hicks to go take a hike. You know, find a way to sign Ben and back. Uh, I think that would be a huge Ben and
1: someone who he got injured, but he's a contact he's, guy. Exactly, that's someone Which you, you exactly need in Atlanta. The, the
0: Yankees up. were looking for, and I think you know that that too. Joran, Cashman gets killed. Um, and I think rightfully so, but he did get a guy like Benintendi, and the guy just wasn't healthy. You know, that, like that's the unfortunate part. And uh, we'll see what they do from there. But yeah, I don't think like paying Aaron Judge means they stop spending money right there. Maybe it does for Hal Steinbrunner. Maybe that's what he's thinking. But you know, I can't imagine that's their last move if they sign him.
1: That basically wraps up baseball until more free agency news comes out. Trey Turner on the market, Aaron Judge on the market, Matani might be traded. We'll, we'll see what's going on as the MLB um, offseason rolls on. Let's roll into the NFL in-season right now. Oh baby. Jets just upset the Bills. Let's start in New York. How good is this Jets team, and are you concerned if you're a Bills fan?
0: I mean, how good is New York football?
1: It's top of the top right now. Most wins.
0: New York and New Jersey football has been the best all year, and uh, they've been terrific. Joel, I thought this was a game. I wrote an article about it, actually, for the Warwick Valley Dispatch this week. It's the Jekyll and Hyde effect. The Jets one week look like this awesome product. That you can hang your hat on. If you're Joe Douglas, you are, you know. And if you're a fan, you're tipping your cap to Joe Douglas. They're like, thank you, thank the good Lord.
1: Good product. You beat. came
0: here. There's great product. And then there's other weeks where they look like Mr. Hyde, and they look awful, and they look like this evil, different persona of who they actually are, and they they can't, you know, they don't they don't make good smart plays when it matters, like the Patriot game. They had the interception return for a touchdown. But Jonathan Franklin Myers literally torpedoes his brain into the back of Mac Jones. That's a penalty in every level of football. Like, I'm sorry, you can complain about it, but it's a dumb penalty at a dumb time. And so you get these two different Jet teams, and you just never know which one's going to show up. And listen, they got they got the Dr. Jekyll uh, this week in in the Bills game. They, they played phenomenal. That defense, Joe, on is legit.
1: That's a Super Bowl defense, if you ask me.
0: That defense is fully legit, and that it does travel. Defenses do travel. We know that, and it's just going to be Zach Wilson, right? One week he goes three fifty five for two touchdowns, but he had three picks, and there were three of the most awful picks you're going to find.
1: They were ugly ones.
0: Yep. But then this week he goes for one hundred and fifty four yards and one touchdown, but no picks.
1: But it was so. This is my question now to you: Is the Jets' success dependent on Zach Wilson's performance solely? Or can they just kind of put him in the back burner and say hide while our defense does the work?
0: I think he so he, he's in a spot, John, where he doesn't have to be the reason they win a game. He just can't be the reason they lose a game. Well said. He is 85% the reason they lost that Patriot game. 100%. If not even Three higher. ugly
1: picks, yep. Yep. So. And then then again, if there's you no know, penalty on the pick six before half, that game 17 10 going into the half. Yeah. There's things that happen in a football game that.
0: 100%. Turn the difference. But the That's why it's out? only 85. But, you know, and then let's flip the script to the Bills. We you know we were about to talk about the Bills. You got to be worried about Josh Allen's elbow. They're talking it's a UCL injury. We're still waiting for the full news. He missed four weeks in 2018 with a UCL injury. Joeline, that second to last throw of the game looked awful. And then the last throw of the game looked really, really cool. It, it's kind of hard to tell, and maybe it's just a pain management thing. Maybe it's just going to have to be what he deals with. He's going to have to slide more. He's going to have to protect himself more. Maybe that's just what it has to be the rest of the year. But they can't afford to lose him for four to six weeks.
1: No, absolutely not, especially in the tough AFC East this year as it's panning out to be. Yeah, probably the think,
0: toughest it's been in a long time.
1: Do you think the Bills are too Josh Allen-dependent? meaning we're, if we're if he, he does miss, out now, aren't we? <laughs> we will find out. But meaning if he if he misses games, do you see this Bills team falling off a cliff? We'll
0: see. Case Keenum's the backup. Case Keenum's oh. a respected backup in the league.
1: Respected starter. I don't think he lost should have lost that Minnesota job. But We'll
0: see. We'll see, right? It's it's very Yeah, it's going to be the de- but it's all or dependent, right? There. Are we asking Case Keenum to hold us to two and two or three and one in a four-game stretch or are we asking Case Keenum to go an 8 to 10 game stretch? Uh, and maybe leak into the postseason. Like we just don't know until we find out the injury of Josh Allen. That defense has to get healthy. For sure, Tre'Davious White. I know he's on the he's on the way back. They need him back. In Jordan Hoyer's down right now. Hoyer's out. I believe he's out for the year. Right. I think
1: not to knowledge, but I think he might be. He might be. Or he's
0: hurt. He's he's out. He's been he's been out. Milano, their middle linebacker's been out. Yep. that's why the Jet run game really got go, really got going on Sunday. So
1: Jet run game's been going against everybody. But I that, say I that. Think that
0: was the thing against the Patriots; it was like kind of lost. Like, yeah, the, Wilson are it forty times, and it was kind of like why.
1: I mean, minus that one Patriots week, the Jets looked decent.
0: Yeah, it's it's you know it's interesting, but yeah, the Bills. I we're gonna find out a lot about the Bills here in these next few weeks, and Jolon. I was listening to. I was having lunch with our good old friend. Dr. P. from the high school, Dr. Finn Prisbolinski, the high school principal here in Pompton Lakes. What a man. And he was telling me, he was listening to WFAN, and they had, they had somebody called in with a stat that said, if the team had lost to the Jets in the regular season, no team in NFL history that has lost to the Jets in the regular season has then gone on to win the Super Bowl. So, I Whoa. I, have, I have no idea. That would take a long time to kind of go back and check. Um, but that would be a ridiculous stat. So... The Jets are playing well. The Bills, you know, again, are kind of fighting their way here, Jules, but they still have home field right now uh, because they beat the Chiefs earlier in the year. And we'll see. Like I said, it's, so much of it is going to be the results of those MRIs uh, from Josh Allen.
1: So, speaking of MRIs, the New York Giants are now dealing with some stuff going on. Oh, There's boy. an injury taking place in Cabo. Goose, what's going on here?
0: Yeah, Cabo's never a good place. Remember, that's where Zeke went right? and he started totally like with me.
1: Cabo's a fantastic place Well, Cabo's a, yeah. if it's the season.
0: No, and I don't want people to, like, not go to Cabo. I've heard good things. I've ne- I've never been to Cabo.
1: Not outside of Cabo. Stay in Cabo. Right, but yeah Cabo. yeah, But,
0: yeah, we've heard good things. Yeah, <laughs> there's a different that you're going to find if you go outside of Cabo, but that's a different story.
1: Cartels um, and money laundering. <laughs> yeah, there
0: you go. Um, but, no, Cabo's a good place. But for NFL players, it's not the best place. That's where Zeke went in the one time. He came back looking like a, a bowling ball, literally like a bowling ball. And now Xavier McKinney goes down there on his bye week for the Giants, it gets in an ATV accident, on, And I know there's a lot going on of, was it reckless behavior? Was it just a sightseeing tour? And I, I honestly, at this point, Jolan, I don't care because he's a green dot captain. And, and if it, listeners that, at home are asking what does green dot what, mean?
1: It's the person that calls the plays on this New York football defense.
0: He is he is the captain there. He is he is the guy. Say no caller. I think he's been the most, I, you know, again, I don't know if people agree or want to argue this. I think he's been the most consistent defender, giant defender this year. You can you can and mention you can Dexter Lawrence, you can yeah. mention
1: uh Kayvon Thibodeau. Yep. But yeah, uh, well, overall. he's been
0: great. Yep. And now he's and we heard a press conference with Brian Dayball that said we're kinda hoping he's back before the end of the regular season. That's not good. That's not good. And if this isn't the high school or college level where we see the guys just throw the throw the um throw the club on their hand. You know, and I was talking to some people, and they're like, well, do you want a safety playing with a club? I'm like, dude, he probably can't catch that well anyway. So, like, just have him bat the ball down. And, uh, you know, Joe, that's a, that's a, it's a huge loss. And I was talking to our buddy Zach Kruk about this on his radio show this week. When you don't trade for anyone at the trade deadline, what you are saying is is I believe that my horses are good enough without outside help. Horses meaning your best players. Your best players. My best players are good enough to carry this team to where we have set our goals to get to without outside help. Well, now you're down one of those horses, and that's not the front like the front office. That's in, this didn't happen before the trade deadline. So, Nothing you
1: could foreshadow,
0: right? But now, but that's where it cuts the team just a little bit deeper, I think. And you know, again, like we know, Joel, if this was a guy, if this was number 53 on the roster, he'd have to give his guaranteed money back, and he'd be cut from the team. The so, difference
1: is he's a captain,
0: right? Difference is he's a captain. But again, Jolana, I expect better out of him. And, you know, again, like, I get, like accidents happen, but I mean, for a week straight, we had Patrick Mahomes on every sports television show on in America because he's playing pickup basketball with his buddies, you know, before he cashed in on his mega deal. Like, I mean, you know, like this stuff, it's, it's, there's a reason why that, that stipulation is in the contract because stuff like this, you're at a higher risk of stuff like this happening.
1: And... I said this to you and Zach this week. I am not one to tell somebody what to do on their off day. But as a captain of this team, you got to hold yourself to a higher accountability level than most people. You should probably be in or around the facility a couple days a week. I guarantee Daniel Jones was in there last week. And I don't know. I don't know. It's a, I, it's a, maturing, it's a maturing stance right here. Listen,
0: I'm okay if you go to Cabo. Put on the VR glasses and go ATV riding. Like... You can't get hurt that do way. Do it in
1: March after we win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and,
0: you know, and that's what Zach was saying. Like, Cabo's still a nice place in January, and February. Oh yeah, you know, go down. Don't there don't
1: do... be saying January, and February. You're <laughs> Trying to make a deep run.
0: Yeah, well, at end of February, even March. You know, go down there and go ATV riding. I, I thought, and I thought it spoke volumes. Tiki Barber was talking about this. Obviously, giant, great running back. He said, "Dude, I used this. Is why I used to hate bye weeks. He goes, and I used to spend them just on my couch. He's like, because you just." Like, you almost have to put yourself in an imaginary bubble uh, to kind of to kind of keep yourself safe. It, it is, it and is crazy. And the best
1: do. And the best to, to take the yep. time in the, the bye week, they get healthy, they get right, come back for the second half of the season, looking phenomenal. But now Xavier McKinney's missing four of those weeks off the rip.
0: At least four weeks.
1: And it might be the whole year. Yep. But that leads us into NFL Week 10. Obviously a lot going on here. Well,
0: Joe, hold on. Before we get to the NFL, I don't want to not mention Whoa. that this Xavier McKinney incident Falls under what is a giant umbrella of the dumbest New York sports injuries we have ever seen.
1: Oh, let's get into this then. Okay,
0: so you have Xavier McKinney, right? I I think Xavier McKinney's up there. You have Plaxico Burrs who shot himself.
1: Mind you, we were nine one, I
0: believe, and we were. we were
1: coming off the Super Bowl, about to repeat.
0: We were going to repeat. Yep, yep. Plaxico uh, shot You have that's um, the worst one. You have JPP. Blue's uh, hand up with fireworks Fourth of July. There you go. You have I think I think McKinney fits into this third slot. Or couldn't fit into the fourth, because remember with Eunice Cespedes who fell off a horse on a ranch.
1: Ridiculous! He missed the whole year. He
0: missed two years. Yeah, or, that's almost right. two years it was, with that injury. It
1: led into the next year. I can't oh, believe that.
0: So you know maybe you have that, and then you have the McKinney. You have Geno Smith who got his jaw punched out by his own teammate. Amari Stoudemire. Amari Stoudemire who put his hand through the glass window of a fire extinguisher opener in uh, in Miami. After he was frustrated. You have Steven Matz who missed a start because he slept wrong on a recliner and hurt his back. You have Bobby Ojeda of the Mets who got hurt um, uh, pruning his bushes. Oh, Lord. trimming his bushes and he hurt himself. The curse of New York. It, Sit home. It is like there has been some stupid, stupid injuries here, Joe. So Xavier McKinney has joined a very unfortunate list. Uh, and I don't like. It would take us a little while to sit down and figure out where he ranks in that. Probably like four or five. Probably four or five, but um, yeah, it's not a list you want to be on. I and mean, Cespedes
1: is number one, I think, maybe up there. He it's might just be. It's either game game game. him or Plaxico. The ran- Plaxico, oh, Plaxico might be is just one. because
0: of how good the Giants that giant were team was. at that point when he. And got also hurt. Antonio Pierce adds to that. He had
1: like five teammates around him because yeah, he like he, because
0: he hit the gun which then got him suspended, and we lost the heart of our defense. Which
1: I've never really blamed Antonio Pierce for because, as a friend, don't get me wrong, we're not playing with guns here, running him around. But I'll I'll do something like that for you. You
0: know what I'm saying? Right.
1: Hide this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this X, Y, Z. But again,
0: another captain doing something. You should not be doing. You shouldn't even be there. Yeah, right. I agree. But that is not the list you want to be on. But, Jolan, let's get into the NFL Week 10, I believe, we got coming up.
1: So, from Plaxico shooting himself in the thigh to the team that shot themselves in the foot in the Super Bowl, the Atlanta Falcons take on the Carolina Panthers this Thursday to kick off Week 10. The spread is three. Falcons have the favorite.
0: Falcons are the favorite. I like kind of what the Falcons are doing on offense. Cordell Patterson's been.
1: Don't say that. They need a good quarterback. They need to get Kyle Pitts well, the ball. Yeah, I did offense. Hold Pitts. on.
0: I didn't say they have a great quarterback and they're playing out of their mind. No, you're right. I said I kind of like you know I like the weapons that they have. I think they got to use like, utilize Drake London more. Kyle Pitts, but more. Kyle Pitts more obviously. Uh, Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algier out of the backfield.
1: Cordell's nice. He's and back.
0: Uh, the Carolina this Carolina team man falling falling apart. Don't matter who you put that back there. Jalen Bioka, P.J. Walker, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Gosker. Sam Darnold's off the IR. Sam Darnold, um, Ian Higgins. Don't, it don't matter, bro. Like whoever you're putting back there right now is Shally. having a bad time. You know, so I. It's a hard game to pick. DJ Moore broke their heart last time, right? But with Baker the,
1: Mayfield now starting quarterback.
0: I'll uh, I, I don't know. I'll take Carolina because they're at home and they have DJ Moore, and the Falcons don't.
1: We go to Germany for the first ever game in Germany, Munich to be specific. The Seattle Seahawks temp- take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers coming off a wild last-second victory last week. Despite that, they're still four and five to start the season. Seahawks red hot. Geno Smith red hot. Buccaneers a favorite two and a half points.
0: Yeah, they lead that. They lead the NFC South by the way at four and five, which is just going to speak to how. I'm bad pretty sure it's a .444 four,
1: four, four win percentage. I believe. I so, think. The, yeah, game, it sounds, yeah,
0: sounds about right. Wow. Well, yeah. Not gonna yeah, be yeah, math. yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I think so it's four for fours. Yeah, okay. and so you got them coming in. Seattle's been the hottest team in football, right? I mean, they've been. It, I thought when they lost Rashad Penny, you know, they could be in trouble. But Kenneth Walker, the third, has been excellent.
1: Rookie uh, of the year material. Yeah, probably would have been resolved but now Kenneth Walker's right up there.
0: Hundred percent great running back class at least so far from what we've seen. John, this is hard because Seattle's got Seattle's got a fourteen-hour plane ride. Over to Germany. That's a... That is... That is a hefty, hefty... If any of you
1: have traveled, that's not light.
0: No. That's not light. No, Joel, I've gone from here to Washington, and it's a pain. Like, it, like even that's a... Uh, even that's a uh, five-hour flight, and I'm ready to... You know,
1: continental flight right there. Yeah, I'm
0: ready to fly off the plane as soon as we land. So, 14 hours. And I don't know, on this screams... You know, this screams Seahawks. It should be Seahawks the whole way. But is this the turnaround that the Bucs need? You know, they win that game last week when they shouldn't have. Now if they go into Germany and they get a win there, they're back to five hundred.
1: And they still lead the division.
0: And they still lead the division. Give Tom you Brady just, a chance, it's not over. You just never know. And I think, you know, you kind of wonder. And because I'm intrigued to see if the, if this could be the stretch that kind of turns them around, Joel, I'm, I'll take the Bucs in this one. Technically, the Bucs
1: would be considered home, but nobody's home here.
0: Yeah, I'll take the Bucks just because they you know, they have a four-hour less flight uh, than Seattle does.
1: To a game I was looking forward to at the start of the season and not Uh-oh. so much now, the Jacksonville Jaguars travel to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Obviously, in Missouri, the Chiefs are favored by nine and a half points here.
0: Yeah, all that matters is Travis Etienne goes for you know uh, 20 carries for 250 yards and four touchdowns uh, for my fantasy team. But, uh, yeah, I, I this has got to be Chiefs all the way. Um, With maybe, points? Maybe this game. What's what's the points here?
1: Nine and I think they
0: cover late. I think I think the Kansas City covers late. This could be a game, Jolon, that that just kind of hangs around. Um, it has letdown kind of written all over it. I didn't think the Chiefs played very well against the Titans last week. Still got to
1: win though. That matters. You know they
0: hundred percent, st- and you take wins anytime you can get them in the NFL because you got to win those games. if You want to be a good team. hundred percent. So I think maybe does Jacksonville hang around for a little while. Sure, are they fun and exciting team? Do I think Trevor Lawrence is getting better? Do I think Travis Etienne is going to explode uh, or has exploded the last couple weeks? Yeah.
1: Not a fluke. Um,
0: all can be true, but I think at the end of the day, the Chiefs kind of pull away late at home.
1: I mean, yeah, obviously a lot of firepower on that team. They That's still a tough place up.
0: to play, too. Of Arrowhead's course, a tough yeah. place to play.
1: They start chanting with that war chant. Yeah. It's over. Mm-hmm. It's over for you. The chop. The Houston Texans coming to the East Rutherford, New Jersey, to take on the New York football Giants. The Giants... Minus Xavier McKinney are still favored by six and a half points here.
0: Yeah, it's it's a lot for a team that just doesn't. It's a doesn't, trap
1: game, it feels like.
0: Yeah, a team doesn't have a ton of firepower. But, Jolan, I think being at home, if this game was in Houston. It's a different story. I, I think it's a different story, and I may actually pick the Texans. But I think being at home, being back in front of their fans, Jolan, I think it's the Giants. I think they take it, and I think they cover this weekend, too. I think they win by probably 10 to 14 points.
1: NFC North battle: Detroit Lions take on Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Fields obviously coming off a game with 170-plus rush yards. They're favored to win by three points here. Who do you like?
0: Yeah, it was a stupid stat line. He had 123 passing yards, three touchdowns, 178 rushing yards, and a touchdown. He had 43 fantasy points. Guy was just absolutely electric. And, Joe, I – Dropping I, the waivers. Last I don't week. know. He's oh boy, a tough week. I have Kyler. Man, You have Joe Mixon anyway, I, though, so I don't want to hear it. I
1: imagine Fields and Mixon, and I have Kenneth Walker. You would I would have had a hundred off. Of and they have Goddard. Yeah, it went crazy. You would
0: have had a hundred off of Mixon and uh, and Justin Fields it, and Fields. Yeah. So, um, I like the Bears. I do. I think Fields. They they've gone to a much more of a like, we're gonna play offense. The defense is kind of optional, and. What Listen, they, man, they've been fun. They were in that game with Miami last week. What
1: they've done, I think, is they've kind of uncapped the lid on make Justin feels like throwing quarterback. They've just kind of let him play ball, and that's exactly what he does. He's a baller. He's running the football, throwing the rock when he has to, but he's not now in this mold of we need to make him our quarterback of the future. Right. It's in the, it's in the unleashed category.
0: 100%. I thought they've done it, and that's what I wanted to get to. I thought they've done an excellent job, Jolan, working with him, kind of playing more towards his strengths. On allowing him to be the Justin Fields said, I think we all got excited about when he came out of college and that they traded, you know, a 2022 first-round pick for, uh, you know, in the year 2021. So We go um, with Bears. Yeah, I, I'll, t- I'll take the Bears. Dan Campbell and that team struggling right now. Um, I know they played they played well last week. but
1: Swift a little hurt, a little bound yeah, up. Yeah, and,
0: you know, Rodgers wasn't great last week, and they had some open receivers, and their defense, Joe on from last week, was on pace to give up the most points in NFL history. Hey, but one week against for the Packers, a got them right. First season. yeah week yeah, yeah. the Packers, got them right. Yeah, move them down to fifth on the list.
1: We I'm move sure. forward to defensive powerhouse in the New Orleans Saints, taking on a defensive powerhouse in the Pittsburgh Steelers with T.J. Watt. He's back.
0: Oh, that's we, good for him.
1: I'm glad the, to
0: see T.J. back.
1: Pittsburgh is back now on defense. The first week they went absolutely barbaric, and now with him I think they um, get right back to it. Saints are favored by two and a half points here. Who do you like? Saints in Pittsburgh.
0: Ooh, I like Pittsburgh at home. I watched the same team against the Ravens. I did not like what I saw from the Red ro- the Red Rifle. Didn't and, like the blocking. I'm the, um, not,
1: not a fan of the blocking. Ravens had their own yesterday. No,
0: no but I, a credit to the Ravens. Their pass rush is Justin r- Houston. is ridiculous. Doesn't Justin Doesn't get old. Justin Houston's turned back the clock. He's got Benjamin Button on us. Uh, and then Calais Campbell is just still like 6'8", 315 pounds, so you can't move. But nonetheless, the Saints. Um, but nonetheless, the Saints, I, I just, I don't like what I've seen. I like what I've seen out of Olave. Like Olave has been a great target for them here early on. camaro uh, has got to catch the ball more. He's got to get more touches in whatever fashion that is. Catching, uh, tosses, sweeps, whatever. He needs to be your
1: offense if you want to succeed. He's got
0: to be your offense. Joel, with TJ Watt back, man, whoo, I think he's going to get to the red rifle, man.
1: I think Camara's in for a hell of a day. I think he's going to get hit every which way and not know which way's up.
0: Yeah, that place is going to be buzzing, I'm sure. They're, they're going to be excited to have TJ back.
1: We move forward to the Cleveland Browns taking on the Miami Dolphins. The Browns are looming the return of Deshaun Watson. But Miami now, the highest-rated offense, I believe, in the league. They are favored to win by three and a half points.
0: Yeah, it's a tough game, right? Because Cleveland could really slow this game down.
1: Dolphins number one in efficiency, Chiefs number one in yards, and all that stuff,
0: points. Gotcha. It, it could get really interesting, Joel, and I just think from the fact of you know, the the Browns can slow the game down, right? How do you beat the Dolphins? you got to keep down. those guys off the field. Time
1: of possession, good defense, good run game. And Browns you have to finish with it.
0: touchdowns. And yep. I think that is something, Joe, on that a lot of teams overlook. You have to finish with touchdowns. If you finish with touchdowns against a team like this and you control the clock, you're in great shape.
1: And that's been the story about any high-powered offense with Passing being the forefront. So, yeah, I agree.
0: Sorry, Jules. I'm picking up the Pittsburgh defense in my fantasy league. Good man. Um, I think DJ. it's going to be a huge, huge pickup this week. But uh, at, at the Miami def- by the way, we're talking about Miami. I picked up their defense last week when they played the Bears. It, just unbelievable. I mean, they absolutely <laughs> just, killed. Yeah, beat it's going to be eight points, though, Joel because they did block a field goal and return it for a touchdown. There we go. Uh, which helped. but So let's get back to this game. Nick Chubb's my fantasy running back, so I hope he has 400 yards. But uh, I like Miami to win this thing, man. They, Tyreek Hill's on pace for the best wide receiver season ever, ever, that we've ever seen. That's, we can only uh, look back on to last
1: season to see that, Cooper Cup's triple crown. I'm talking
0: yardage. He's on pace for over 2,000 yards to break Calvin Johnson's record. Um, and it's going to be a sight to see, John. He's been unbelievable. Tua has done a great job since he came back from his second concussion. And credit to him, he's looked great, and that team has looked good. Uh, except for the defense, obviously, but and Kosicki, please get better at your gritty. Um, but I'll take the Dolphins in this one. Just in, have in to jab
1: in at Kosicki right there.
0: Yeah, well, they were talking about it on Monday Night Football.
1: I digress, and we move forward with the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Buffalo Bills, the highest winning percentage um, of teams going against each other this week. Minnesota, obviously, in Buffalo. Buffalo savored favored by five and a half points, I
0: think, because of it. Who do you like here? There you go. We're talking gritties. It's a good time to talk about it. Uh, with Justin Jefferson on the field, and he's you know, did you see the glasses he was wearing last weekend? Yeah, those were.
1: Uh, what were those a reference to?
0: It was uh, I, I. I'm blanking on what it was, but they look super cool. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a tough game to pick, Joel, on because the Vikings. Listen, they shouldn't have got out of Washington with a win. Washington with a bad turnover late in that football game, but is it right time? You know, they, Josh Allen may be out for this game. If Josh Allen's out, I kind of like, I, I don't know. It was the Spy Kids glasses. There you go, the Spy Kids glasses. But you're in you're in Buffalo, which makes this game five times harder, at least. uh if getting you're, colder. If, if you're the Vikings. But. I mean, it's Minnesota. Joel, I'm going to go on the premise that Josh Allen doesn't play this week. And at that point, I'll take the Vikings with all those weapons, man. Cook out of the backfield. Jefferson, Thielen. Now you got TJ Hawkinson, who's my fantasy tight end. Love it. Kirk Cousins loves him. Uh nine receptions
1: last game. Yeah, nine, nine
0: for 70. That's you know, that's pretty good. Uh, gotta find him in the end zone, maybe a little bit more. That's why to build trust fast, though. Yeah, so I think I think Jolan, I like Minnesota with Josh Allen not playing. I, I'm gonna obviously we can't foreshadow uh or foresee the future, but I will say Josh Allen doesn't play. And I'll take Minnesota on the win on this one. And
1: if you're sitting down listening, I'm going to need you to stand up and do some high knees because the Denver Broncos are in town. (laughs) They take on the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee's favored to win by three points. What's going on here?
0: This game's in Denver or is it in Tennessee? In Tennessee. Yeah, I like Derrick Henry to run somebody At least
1: 300 yards. No more Bradley Um, Chubb.
0: (laughs) No Bradley Chubb. Malik Willis had, like, 80 yards passing against the Chiefs. I'm not going to
1: rate Malik Willis it, on his past two performances. It's,
0: uh, we're, well, we're going to find out. Because, again, like, even Malik Willis, like, his offense is simple. It's a, It was the same thing with Tannehill. You're going to get 100 yards from Derrick Henry. You're going to have to play action and make, like, five throws in a game that, that are, like, damn, that, that is pretty good.
1: Good game manager. That's
0: it. You just have to be a game manager when you play for the Tennessee Titans. Ray Ball and the defense will keep you in the game. And go from there. I I can't I can't bring myself to root for High Knees Boy. So I'll take Tennessee in this game.
1: There we go. We move forward now to the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Now there's news for the Indianapolis Colts. They recently fired Frank Wright, hired Jeff Saturday, their former all pro center underneath Peyton Manning. What do we think about this game? Jeff just tweeted that the Raiders are terrible. <laughs> the The Raiders are now favored by six and a half points, I think, because of it.
0: Is this in Vegas?
1: This is, isn't in Vegas. Yeah, yep. I, listen, Sam Ellinger looked horrible. Patriots beat him up.
0: Sam Ellinger is also like we have Ellinger, to remember that this guy cursed the Tennessee football team
1: for the next for the next
0: thirty years. Dummy. Like he, you know, he's the guy that yeah, as you heard Joe Lottie said, I'm back. We're back. And uh, now horns down for, for the rest life. of time. And, you know, on they don't, their, their play caller is some 30 year old who's never called plays in an NFL game before. So Jeff Satter he's never coached outside of the high school level in Georgia. This is going to be something.
1: Josh McDaniels' masterclass. This
0: is going to be something. But then you have Josh McDaniels on the other side of, and I'm sure Moltner's smiling listening to this. Josh McDaniels on the other side, he, like, dude, what do you do? He might be one and done. He could get fired at the end of this year if this team continues to disappoint. Um, Devontae with a huge week last week. Uh, Derek Carr is my starting fantasy quarterback in my league that matters, so he better figure it out because Lamar's on bye. Um, I'll take the. Ra- this smells like a rally win for the Colts, but I just can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'll take Vegas.
1: We move on to a battle of the NFC West. The Arizona Cardinals are in L.A. to take on the Rams. The Rams are favored by three points. Both these teams haven't been too exciting. What do you think about this? No,
0: both these teams stink. We can yeah. just say it out loud. Yeah. Both of these teams have stunk this year.
1: With a lot of talent, it's kind of disappointing.
0: And, and it, it's awful. And, I, you know, I'll just take, I don't know. Right, Cooper Cup should have another big day, although he always has a big day. This is the Cardinals. Um, the Cardinals went all over it. Yes. I, I'll, I'll take the Cardinals and D-Hop.
1: We move on to the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Green Bay Packers. Oh, God. In Green Bay, if that means anything at all. The Dallas Cowboys are favored to win by five points here. It used to.
0: It used to actually mean something.
1: Now everyone's going against Aaron Rodgers. Who knows what happens this Sunday. But the Dallas Cowboys are favored to win by five points here. Who do you think?
0: Uh, I'm going to go with a hot take in this game, On This is the game Aaron Rodgers gets benched. I think at a certain point in this game, we see Jordan Love over Aaron Rodgers. Uh, He will have an aneurysm on the Pat McAfee show next week. He nearly had one this week. He'll Um, be on the Jets by week 11. Yeah, there you go. Um, I think... uh, yeah, Joe. I he has been so bad. And yeah, it's, lost the, her last it's the tight dive. windows
1: he's trying to throw to. Like it's he's
0: just not. I mean, the the t- the should have been touchdown to Bakhtiari against the Lions. He's trying to throw it off his back foot. Throws it about ten yards short.
1: Lay off the shrooms, buddy. I just
0: yeah, yeah, and the and the uh, rectal cleansing uh, that too. <laughs> but uh, good lord. You know, um, but this is what happens, Joe. you subject yourself to all this stuff in the off season, and here you are. And laying Devont- an egg. Devontae Adams left, and you're laying an egg now. So, I, yeah, Jalen, I think he gets to the point. If he throws two or three interceptions in this game, I, I can see LeFort Wood and Jordan Lovin and saying what could possibly be worse. As good as
1: Devontae Adams has been, I feel like this Rodgers-Adams divorce was kind of they like... both a, lost. Yeah, there's they both, no winners both here. Both lost, 100%. Yep, the kids I, hate them both. It's the, no cars, the house is up. Yep. So, with the
0: way I'm talking about this game... Clearly, I'm going to take Dallas on the road here.
1: We move forward to the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the San Francisco 49ers in Sunday Night Football. The Niners are favored to win by seven points. Mind you, Keenan Allen still um, nursing a hamstring injury and Mike Williams out for at least two three more weeks.
0: Yeah, I like I like San Francisco. I really like this team. I think Joe on this is a team that, despite their record, can get really hot here down the stretch.
1: Good playoff team. And, they got the pieces. Uh,
0: yeah, and they've been there before. You know, they're not first timers to the postseason, so
1: quarterback's uh, been there before, That's quarterback's big. been
0: there before. Uh they got guys like McCaffrey, Debo, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, like this team this and, and Kyle, Shan- not and Kyle Shanahan. Either. Right. The defense is unbelievable. Uh with Fred Warner in the middle of that defense. Bosa, you Bosa just got guys everywhere. Unbelievable. And they got Kyle Shanahan as a weapon as their head as their coach. So I really do like San Francisco in this game, and I think they're a team, Joel, that's going to get hot here down the stretch.
1: We move forward to Monday night football. The Washington Commanders travel to Philadelphia to take on the unbeaten Eagles. Taylor Heineke's been pretty good, though. That's great. Hung around with the Vikings last week. Washington now one game under five hundred, being the only team in the NFC East to do so. Philly's now favored by ten and a half
0: points. He fits with uh, Heineke, Carcare. They're about they're about mid level too. So you have team. two
1: quarterbacks, you have none. You Carson Wentz, Heineke. This team has zero.
0: Hundred percent. This Jolan, this should be a whopping. This should be a three touchdown game. Yeah, I think so too. Um, the has three got, Yeah, I think it's got it written all over it. This Eagle team, we've talked about it up front. They are legit. Both offense, sides offense defensive line is legit. Jolan. and the crazy part is. They go up against each other every day in practice, so they're only getting better by learning and playing against the best guys in the league. So yes, sir. Uh, they've done a great job, and Hertz has been great. A.J. Brown's been awesome. Devontae Smith has just been, you know, he's not, he doesn't have to be the superstar, but he's an unbelievable number two. You know, like, he's been great. So uh, Low volume, two-cutter. but
1: that's just what happens in a running St- offense
0: what happens in a running offense and one that has A.J. Brown in it, you know. Yeah. If that's
1: you're gonna a target stolen.
0: Yeah, but it looks like, you know, he's at least coming up with it. And, again, like, think about the guys they used to have, Jalen Rager and Nelson Aguilar. They go to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Like, it's night and day. It's ten times better. So, I think the Eagles take this in a cakewalk. I really do. That
1: basically wraps up the NFL for Week 10, but we are not done yet. We're still going to talk a little bit college football. Let's just jump right into that. Bama loses for the second time this season, Drop another one against an SEC opponent. In LSU this past week, what is your outlook on Bama now?
0: It's kind of crazy, Joel. On like, I know like a lot of people and the Notre Dame people kill me for this, but like, good for Brian Kelly. Like Brian Kelly left Notre Dame because he said that I couldn't get the talent to to beat Nick Saban. So he goes to LSU. He's able to recruit, and he, there's that there's that video of him doing the right foot creep it, it, with the recruit. It's one of the most cringeworthy videos that the internet has, and that's saying a lot because we know the internet, but it's hilarious. And now, Jolan, they beat Bama at home in an unbelievable game. And no team has ever reached college football playoff with two losses, so seemingly Bama is done. They're not even going to get to their own conference title game unless LSU slips up here. It's just crazy. It's crazy. Like, we are seeing Bama. Bama's only got one title in the last five years, and I know, like, that's good for, and they've been there. But that's not Nick Saban. Like Nick Saban's like we've won three of the last five. We've won, you know uh, seven of the last nine. Yeah, whatever. like that's that's Nick Saban. So uh Jolan, it's interesting. I, I don't know what effect N I L is having. Um Even I, the playing it, field. It is even the playing field. Their coaching there's been some stats, uh, since their strength and conditioning coach left two years ago on uh, jump ship. Uh it's been it's been rather interesting, Joel, and I think we're seeing them get matched up better on the offensive and defensive lines, better than we've ever seen.
1: So let's talk about all teams in general. Who's your top four to make it into the playoff? Top four right now. Talk a little bit about each team. TCU's up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, way up.
0: Obviously, Georgia's at the top. I mean, George has been the best football team all year. They were the best team all of last year. Does
1: Tennessee still make it? Um, <clears throat> Minding you that just lost last week to Georgia? I
0: think, I think they're at five. They're probably at five. I would, you know, again, I'm okay, I'm okay Joel, with how they have the top four. Ohio are, State, too? Right now. I, it's either them or Michigan, Yep. and to me it's coin flip. You know, again, I also think, too, Joe, I'm not a believer that both of those teams will get in um, because the loser of that game at the end of the regular season does not make the conference championship. And I'm sorry, if you're not playing in a conference championship, although, but that's going to be the hard part if it comes down to them and TCU, or... The, them, them in Alabama. Them in Tennessee. Oh. You know, how does that? Tennessee may have one loss, but they're not going to play in the SEC championship and the game. the one
1: loss might be to Georgia. So. Might be to
0: Georgia. It's the best loss you could have in the country. But if Ohio State loses, their loss is to the number two team in the country. Or Michigan's to the number two team in the country. So it's gonna play out it, it just kind of plays out very interesting. It's not as cookie cutter, I think, as it used to be. In previous years. Um, the Big Ten used to be whoever won the Ohio State-Michigan game was they're going to get in. And that's it.
1: You still have Clemson. You still have Bama. Both get in
0: there. Clemson, Clemson was 8-0, uh, but played a lot of one-score games, and then went to uh, South Bend and just got absolutely torpedoed.
1: Notre Dame built the door and kicked it in.
0: They did an unbelievable job controlling both lines of scrimmage. So now Clemson goes down. Now Clemson goes down. The AC, I don't think the ACC is getting anybody in. The ACC is not a terribly good conference. think the Pac-12 has a bid. They might. They've got four teams, Joe on. We talked about this before the show. Four teams in the top 12. Uh, I believe Oregon, the closest at number six or seven. Uh, then you've got UCLA US, knocking on to UCLA and Utah at nine and 10. And I believe USC is either 11 or 12. Yep. And uh, those teams, USC has to play UCLA. Uh, Oregon still has to play Colorado. And then you obviously have the Pac 12 championship game. It's going to be interesting. I think Oregon is the, the winner of that game gets a bid at four. I think that Oregon team is set up, Joel, on to beat, because they're already at six or seven. They're set up that if they win, I think it's pretty clear cut. Their only loss would have been to Georgia in the first game of the year. That's Which was pretty, an
1: ugly loss, but it's
0: week one. It's a pretty good loss to have, um, I would say. So, yeah, we'll see. I think they could get a bid, on. They definitely could. This may be the year to do it, right? They haven't had one in a couple of years. Uh, I'm thinking back to the Washington team that played Bama in is it oh, 2016 already. I remember, yeah, yeah. That's six years ago already. That Washington team was pretty
1: good, too. They had a bunch of NFL studs. Yeah,
0: they were, and then they just got their doors kicked in by yeah. Bama. You know, yeah. It's the same thing as if the Oregon team went to play Georgia again. They get the doors kicked Who's in. Who's
1: the cornerbacks for that Huskers team? Two notable guys in the league right now.
0: Uh, Byron was Byron Murphy one of them. Byron Murphy was and one of there them. There was another. There was
1: another one. Yeah, yeah, they had a great uh, secondary on that team. Sidney
0: Jones, Sidney Jones. It might have on that been Sidney.
1: Yeah, how did you know that? That's uh, crazy.
0: Uh, those guys just. Come yeah, to Byron mind.
1: Murphy was definitely one of them. Phenomenal year. Yeah,
0: so um, the Pac-12 could get in, on, but it's going to be rather interesting. I, sh- I I think we're, the way we're seeing things play out, we're we're locking into SEC teams. I think it's just you know gonna be the way it is. It's
1: the nature of the beast. You yep. got a bunch of, studs. I two of them gonna, gonna make I it. I think
0: it's gonna be Georgia and Tennessee. I think those two uh, are the ones that'll get in from the SEC. Oh, Ohio
1: State or Michigan, and then Oregon.
0: And then yeah, and then it, but the question becomes: What happens if TCU runs the table? If TCU runs the table, go undefeated, or if they go undefeated, they're in. Four. Yeah, it's not They got to be in, yeah. right. Like they, you can't keep. So that's just
1: of... telling everybody we won't reward you if you're in a small right. school. You're
0: yeah. an undefeated group of five. The only conference undefeated champion. Yeah, yeah. or a power five champion. Not exactly, group of
1: five. and you still won't get a bid. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's TCU no would, TC would make yeah, it. TCU would make it.
0: Yeah, so uh, we'll see. They've still got to play Texas, um, you know, and, and they obviously have the Pac uh, uh, twelve, Big Twelve, Big Twelve championship game. Uh, that they would have to play as well. So it's going to be really interesting coming down a stretch here, Joel. On this what you love about college football. You can't believe you're already this deep into the season, right? It's kind of nuts. Uh, we're thinking about championship games already and stuff like that. But uh, it's the first time, by the way, it's the first time Bama's had two losses before the Iron Bowl, which is when they play Auburn, If you, in case you didn't know what the Iron Bowl was. I believe the stat was either since 2010 or 2011. So we're we're talking a long, long time ago already. That's twelve years. Oh yeah. It's 11, 12 years. That's 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 ridiculous. Um college basketball starting up, so that'll get underway and uh we'll see how that goes. A lot of new coaches in new spots. Um, you know, notably I'm blanking on the guy's name uh from Villanova. Uh because he took over for Jay Wright. Jay Wright is out at Villanova. You have Coach K's out at Duke, uh, John Shire obviously taking over for him, and you'll get a lot of teams playing these. These cupcakes here early on. But, on as we've seen college basketball do, their their uh, tournaments early in the year have been really, really good. Uh, Villanova's new basketball coach is Kyle Neptune. Kyle Neptune. Yep, there, there you go. i got to remember that. Um, yeah,
1: right. Recently retired. Neptune's,
0: Neptune's a um, – it's on the periodic table, isn't it? It's an element. Yeah, it is. There you go. It's also so, a planet. There you go. So, element and a planet. Took over for – uh Jay Wright, and as we mentioned, Shire for Coach K, and these these early season tournaments, still on, I think they've done a great job. Uh, they play like one or two cupcakes, maybe three, uh, and then they get into these these big time tournaments. We see some big matchups early on in college basketball nowadays. These guys aren't afraid to play anybody anywhere, and it's a lot of fun.
1: It's neptunium, and it's number ninety three on the periodic table. There you go. There's yeah.
0: there's your fun fact today, and I think we're going to end on the periodic table. Um, you could always get more knowledge on the show. 100%. Always gaining knowledge, John. We've got some good guests coming up. Uh, we'll get guys like Robbie Myers in here, 1st time. I timers. need
1: Moltner in here to rip him up. Yep, Malt- like, we got to get
0: Moltner before basketball starts. Before so Derek Carr has him. an aneurysm. There you go. He's, his blood pressure's high. Who's going to have an aneurysm first, Derek Carr or...
1: Josh Eric, McDaniels. Eric
0: Maltner or Josh McDaniels. <laughs> nah. It's a good three-way um, parlay. But uh, we'll see, John. we we'll get some first-time guests in here, uh, some friend of, friends of ours, and we'll... We'll have some fun with it, on. but I've got the Trent Williams episode. You've got the Jason Peters episode.
1: Big left tackle episode. Big
0: left tackle. Love the left tackle position. on you can find me on uh, Twitter or Instagram, at Goose on the Mic. I'm usually generally posting a whole bunch of stuff for radio shows and uh, just about everything else in between. So, at Goose on the Mic. And it's, uh, it's always a blast to talk to everybody on social media and have some fun. Joel, where might the people be able to find you and/or the podcast on social media?
1: You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at uh, Instagram air it out, dot, podcast, and Twitter podcast aired out, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Good Old Joel's. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments? Feel free to reach out to us
0: on that. Absolutely, and Joel, we ju- do just want to know that uh, note. Excuse me, uh, it is getting darker. Um, so, we do know this is a time of year where mental health is of utmost importance. Sad boy hours. Right. It is of utmost importance uh, to everybody. So, uh, obviously, see some, see something, say something. If you need help, reach out. And uh, My one piece of advice, seasonal depression is very real. Yep. Go to the gym. Go gym to the Gym's a good
1: spot to get your head straight.
0: Go to the gym. If not, I have Instagram reels that will tell you to go to the gym. They're actually from
1: uh, Those make you funny. more depressed, damn
0: it. There's <laughs> some that are really funny, though. But find a hobby go to the gym you know do do whatever is gonna help you um, it is a very real thing but Jolan uh, for episode 71 that's gonna do it but until next week until week 11 in the NFL already uh, and until the Giants pick up their seventh win of the year and until he just jinxed uh, ep- us until episode 72 Jolan
1: put in the books.